12 of The Uplift, the podcast for women leaders at all levels in higher education. On our campus, we are in the thick of it. The air is crackling with energy. Most of our full-time faculty are back on contract. We're gearing up for a week of welcome activities for students and professional development for faculty and staff. We've got students moving back in and we're holding our opening convocation. One of my colleagues posted a photo of this year's crew of orientation mentors, which prompted mentors from prior years to comment on how much they loved being OMs. I really love this time of year so much. It's got such a great blend of nostalgia and anticipation. It is real, my friends. Welcome to fall of 2022. Today's episode is the third of three where I'm talking about the Leadership Academy, which opens in just a few weeks, and I'm so excited to open the doors. I'm going to pick up where I left off last time and preview part three, which is called Getting Clear on Purpose. As I've done for the last two weeks, I will give you a sneak peek into the content, talk a little bit about the authors and ideas that I've woven together to create this module, and also share the reasons why I take this approach to leadership development. The hero of last week's episode was Brad Hughes, a favorite mentor of mine who taught me so much about being an ethical leader grounded in kindness and integrity. This week's superhero is Stephanie Zimmerman, a favorite colleague of mine who totally changed my mindset and approach to organization. I met Stephanie in 2010 when she was a fresh-faced graduate of Hamlin University with double majors in English and business. I was looking for a new office administrator, and not only did Stephanie come highly recommended, she knocked my socks off in her interview. I welcomed her to the team, and we spent the next five years doing amazing things together. She was such a staple of my life, and at that point, my work and my home life were so integrated that she became important to my kids because she was so important to me. In fact, it was my kiddos who started calling her Miss Stephanie, which all these years later is still what she's called in our house. Miss Stephanie is whip smart. She's a high achiever with a great sense of humor. She kept our days in the office fun and funny with pranks and jokes and a willingness to go along with my ideas, even when they seemed a little nutty. And she was like, Carol, I don't know. Are you sure? Most important to today's episode, though, she has a deep love of orderly organization. She single-handedly changed how I think about being orderly and organized. Weirdly enough, this major transition in my life started with file labels. Now, files and file labels were something I'd never really thought much about. I gave my files the most thought when I was writing my dissertation when I thought I was so brilliant because I color-coded each of my chapters. That way I could easily organize my files by topic, by clustering all the yellow folders together and all the blue and all the green and so on. I didn't even see the point in purchasing labels. That just seemed like a waste of money because I could just handwrite the name of the file on each file tab. And if I needed to reuse a folder, I could just turn it inside out, write the new name on the other side of the tab. I remember I felt so pulled together and I was pretty proud of my drawer of dissertation files because to me, they felt really orderly and organized. I carried that habit into my post-PhD work life. And then later, not my first job, but later, I found myself in an organization where the files were in pretty serious disarray, and I didn't really have the time or even the right skills to create a better system for filing and for archiving our institutional documents. But Miss Stephanie did have those skills, 
And she tackled the project with this really calm single-mindedness. Not only did she rebuild our entire archiving system, she reorganized all the current and previous files, including those in my office. Because this involved my office and file drawers, I was present when Ms. Stephanie was physically altering my files, which meant I was there when she made my new file labels. And <laughs> I remember her getting this kind of faraway look in her eyes and she told me the story of receiving her favorite gift ever, a label maker. I think one of her bosses had given this to her, and I guess all her bosses have benefited over time from her love of organization, so we're in good company. Anyway, Stephanie was waxing rhapsodic about the beauties and the elegance of the Avery label number 5266. I found this, you know, kind of charming and a little idiosyncratic until I saw my new file drawers. And honestly, just looking in the drawer was calming. I could, I could feel my blood pressure drop. I had these rows of subtle, stylish gray folders, all with consistent labels using a basic sans serif font with consistent naming conventions that made it really easy to keep everything in order. My paper files were suddenly so pleasing to look at that sometimes I would open the drawer and just stare at the tidy gorgeousness of it all. Honestly, they were so calming and restful to behold. They made a viscerally different impact on my body from the multicolored handwritten folders I had been making for myself. It was like Miss Stephanie came in and Marie Kondoed my files long before Marie Kondoing was even a thing. And that was just the tip of the iceberg. Miss Stephanie's new filing system was partly grounded in the principles of GTD, or more formally known as David Allen's getting things done. Our new file system was a visual artifact of the system, but Miss Stephanie had me read the book and she taught me the method. And honestly, I know this sounds kind of silly, but this is really true. This approach transformed our office. Not just the ways we organize things, but literally how we accomplished things. Our team developed a reputation for being thorough, accurate, helpful, and a lot of what we accomplished, we were able to accomplish because we had good systems in place. Okay, that was part of it. Another part of it was like the amazing psychological safety and trust on our team, but you heard episode two, you know how I feel about that. So I'll save those stories for another time. Okay, so Miss Stephanie introduced me to getting things done. And as I said, she explained the basics to me. She had me read the book. I'll link to it in the show notes. And then we put it into practice for our entire office. And I adopted the practice for myself, not just at work, but in my life. But I'm talking about it now because I still use this method today more than a decade after first learning it. Miss Stephanie even developed a presentation on this method for department chairs. And then she took the time to work with new chairs one-on-one -on -one in their offices. She went, she took piles of folders, she took her little label maker, she taught them the basic principles, and she helped them implement the system and actually set it up in their space. One of the college presidents we worked with at the time asked me how we accomplished so much. And I said, well, honestly, we use getting things done. And she laughed and she kind of jokingly brushed my answer aside. I think it sounded like I was advocating for some sort of productivity hack and she didn't really think it would apply to her because, you know, she was a college president and she had so much going on. But I am here to tell you, GTD has a kind of magic to it. It is a flexible, highly adaptable system that lets you collect, filter, and organize literally everything you need to spend time on. 
But even though I find the system pretty magical, the real magic is not in GTD itself, but in the habit of having an effective process. And what GT does for me, and this is my magic, it keeps me focused on my purpose. It helps me do the most purposeful thing I can do at any given moment. Any system or tool or planner or habit or mindset that provides you the same thing, the ability to be purposeful every time you sit down to work, that is a gift. And so I'm going to talk to you about getting things done or GTD as I'm going to call it, but I'm going to start by talking more broadly about organizational practices. I've used GTD for a long time now, and I've experimented with combining it with other processes and tools. For a while, I wanted to keep everything digital and web-based, so I combined GTD with Evernote. Then I moved back to a paper system and I kept everything in a single binder, as Miss Stephanie had done in college and as she showed me. And now I have a pretty hybrid mix. Nearly all my files are digital and web-based or cloud-based, but my methods for tracking my work are paper-based. And I do this because I really fell in love with the bullet journal method. And so now that's what I use as I move through my daily activities, even though I organize everything using the principles of getting things done. So what I'm really saying here is that I have a system that I keep experimenting with. My system changes as I change, and I often modify it when I change roles or when I move to a new institution. And you know, I'm kind of encountering new systems and new ways of operating and new tools. But the beauty for me is having a consistent practice of documenting and reviewing my work, even as I adjust the media I use to keep track of things. Essentially, at this point, all I need is my laptop and my current notebook, and I have everything at my fingertips that I need to stay purposeful and organized. So what I'm after here is not that you adopt GTD and bullet journal, but that you have a process that brings you the same kind of clarity and simplicity to your purpose. That's the focus of module three. My method for finding clarity does not need to be your method, but this module is about more than organizational methods. It's about the framework and the mindset that can then set the foundations for what you organize. So in this module, we'll talk about two types of activities. One is setting intentions, which helps you keep a purposeful big picture. And the other is organizing your time, which helps you use daily purposeful choices about how you spend your time in order to work within your intentions and larger purpose and achieve those big goals you're setting for yourself. So the module starts big with a wide angle view of setting intentions to bring clarity to your purpose at work. So we start with getting clear about your purpose and we practice setting intentions for a year, for 90 days, and then for a single day. And then we'll shift to getting clear about your time and we'll explore strategies for organizing your weeks, your days, and even your moments. And I'll show you why it's keeping your moments organized. That makes GTD really shine. Like really, that is my favorite part about GTD. Finally, we will end by talking about how to enjoy abundance how to move from the mindset of time and resource scarcity to the actual experience of feeling like you have all the things you need to do, all the things that matter most to you. So the first lesson in module three is called Getting Clear on Purpose, The Long View. And the framework for this lesson is really about mindset. And I draw a lot from the work of Jen Sincero, who wrote, you are a badass and you are a badass at making money. I also draw on a book called 4,000 Weeks, which is about how little time we actually have to live our lives and what we can do to use that time well. And also a book called Hero on a Mission by Donald Miller. 
In this lesson, you're going to draw on the work you did in the first two modules. You'll develop and write down your intentions for your life by drawing on your values and using your leadership compass. In this lesson, we'll explore what you want to accomplish through the lens of the story you want to tell about your life, through the lens of the story about the legacy you want to leave behind. So I know it can sound a little morbid to think about how people are going to talk about you when you're gone. But remember the story I told about Brad Hughes and how people around the country light up when they hear his name? His work is meaningful. His work has made a difference. And yours can too. And the best way to make this happen is to decide what you want that difference to be, to name it, and to remind yourself about it on the regular, and then to work your way towards that intention. This first lesson will put that framework into place for you. And we'll talk a little bit in this module about the difference between setting intentions and setting goals. Goals for me, and if you've worked with me before, you've heard me say this a million times, goals are things you can actually accomplish. They are not things you work on endlessly with literally no product in sight. A goal is something you can finish. You'll probably work really hard to reach your goals and you will probably feel really busy while you're working on them, but that busyness is not the goal. That busyness has a purpose. Busyness without a purpose is the enemy of joy. So your busyness is going to be goal-oriented. And your goals are really important. I don't want to downplay that. Whatever your goals are, they really matter. And they are very different from intentions. Goals are specific. They're usually time-bound. They keep you focused on an end result. Intentions are not really any of those things. Intentions are more expansive. They raise your emotional energy. They're kind of like the why underneath the what of your goal. So for example, one of my intentions in my personal leadership practice is to be curious. This isn't a goal. It's not like one day I'm going to wake up and go, oh, okay, cool. Now I'm curious. It's more that I go into every day with a mindset, an intention about who I want to be. And who I want to be is a curious leader. So you can think about it that way. Your goals are the what of your days. Your intentions are your hows and your whys. Let me give you a different kind of example based on an example provided by Jen Sincero, but adapted for our context in higher ed. Okay, so let's say you want to increase revenue in your academic program and you set a goal. Say you're going to bring in $50,000 in new revenue this year. And so you get really nitty gritty with your goal setting and you set a date by which you'll have brought that money in. You decide what channels you're going to use to attract new students. You connect with your colleagues in marketing and admissions. You develop a plan. It has timelines. It has deliverables and so on. And this is awesome. This is actually really great. It will keep you so focused on reaching your goal and it will keep you focused on reaching your goal in one particular way. Okay, now let's say you want to increase revenue in your program and maybe you set the goal I just described and you are all in on that effort. And at the same time, you set an intention to increase the revenue in your program with no particular goal attached to the intention. You just go to work every day knowing that you're exploring all your options for bringing in additional funds. You remind yourself of this every day. You put a sticky note on your computer or you hang a poster with dollar signs on your wall or whatever. You just have little reminders that help you establish your mindset. You're looking for some new cash. Okay, and now that you have this mindset, you see opportunities that otherwise wouldn't be visible to you if you were single-mindedly focused 
only on your goal of increasing revenue by recruiting new students. But with your mindset right, you'll be open to all kinds of ways that the money might show up. So for example, a grant might become available that would support your program while you build toward more sustainable growth. Or you might have a colleague in advancement who has a donor in mind who's eager to underwrite scholarships in a program just like yours, and you could use those scholarships to adjust your marketing. Or the HR department of a local business might be looking for a certificate program in just this area, and they might want to subsidize that offering as an employment benefit to their employees, and so on. Okay, so you see how this works? On the one hand, you are going to reach your goal at a future date because you've created a plan to do so and you are working your plan. Meanwhile, your intentions keep you grounded in your purpose in the moment and that being present is what creates expansiveness and helps you see opportunities that are right in front of you but that you wouldn't have seen if you had blinders on and you were only looking through the tunnel vision of your goal. So on the one hand, you are going to reach your $50,000 goal. You're going to reach it at a future date because you have a specific plan. You're gonna work that plan and you're gonna achieve your goal. Meanwhile, your intention keeps you grounded in your purpose in the present, not in the future date that you're working towards, but every moment in the present. And it's that being present that creates expansiveness and creativity. It helps you see opportunities that are literally right in front of you, but you wouldn't have seen if you had on the blinders of reaching your goal in one way. So I am a firm believer in goals. I also know from my own experience and from coaching others and from working with my own teams, how important it is that you stay open so that your intentions can manifest in whatever way the universe has planned for you. So this is kind of a big existential exercise and we'll do this first. And from here, we will zoom in with every lesson. Every time we zoom in, we're going to combine setting intentions with organizing your time so that you begin to establish the practice of setting up your schedule in ways that actually help you accomplish your heart's desires, your big intentions. So in lesson two, we'll set intentions for your year making sure you know what you want to have accomplished by the time the academic year ends, whether that's May or June of 2023. And once you've set your intentions for those accomplishments, once you've set your intentions for your life over this coming academic year, then you'll go to your calendar and you'll create the space you need to bring those intentions to reality. In lesson three, we're gonna zoom in even further and explore the 90-day view. And while 90 days is kind of a norm in the world of intention setting, you'll have the flexibility to think about this chunk of time in ways that are relevant to the rhythm of your campus life. So maybe you'll set intentions for 90 days or maybe for 120, or maybe you'll set intentions for a 10-week quarter, or maybe a 16-week semester, or maybe two eight-week terms. Whatever your time frame is, you'll have the flexibility to establish one that's meaningful to you. And then within that time frame, you'll articulate your intentions, you'll write them down, and you'll turn to your calendar to create the space you need to bring those intentions into being. In lesson four, we're gonna zoom in pretty close and explore the daily view with a focus on how to begin and end your days in order to make the most of those big intentions you're working toward. We're gonna to borrow a strategy I learned back in the day when I was a tutor at UW-Madison's Writing Center I learned this from a friend of mine named Jody Cardinal. She taught me this concept of parking on a downward slope. 
And so we'll combine parking on a downward slope with the bullet journal practice of creating a daily log. And when you put these two things together, it will be easy for you to begin and end your days with a clear sense of purpose, a clear sense of priorities, and being grounded in exactly where you are right now. So once we've done all that, right, we've set that long view and we've zoomed in and zoomed in and zoomed in until we're talking about the beginnings and endings of every single day, then we're gonna shift and really focus on organizing our time. So in lesson five, I'll give you the down and dirty overview of GTD, which I'm gonna totally crib from Miss Stephanie. And we're gonna explore some ways you can integrate that system with a variety of different kinds of tools. So I'm guessing that you probably already have productivity tools and life hacks that you like, that help keep you organized. You don't wanna give them up, that's awesome. My goal is not to make you change what you currently do, but to help you refine it by integrating practices that will enhance your sense of control over your own time. I feel like if I could do anything differently over the last five years, and especially since the pandemic, it would be taking more control over my time. So if you're like me, and this has been true of me for as long as I have had a job, which has been <laughs> decades. If you're like me, your work calendar is kind of at the mercy of other people and their priorities. My calendar fills with requests for meetings and conversations and events and activities that other people think are important. And they are really important to those people. And being responsive to these requests really matters. I mean, we all have jobs, we all have colleagues, and we all need and we all want to show up fully for our work, to be invested, to be participating, to be present. And you are a human being with a life and desires and priorities of your own. If you spend your entire work life only ever responding to other people, you will not find joy. So in lesson six, as we get into getting clear about your time, we're going to explore ways that you can think about claiming your work week. We'll talk about batching work that is similar. We'll talk about creating theme days, about creating white space in your calendar, a bunch of strategies that will give you the literal time and space you need to create the clarity that you want that will help you work toward your purpose in the context of your intentions, even as you're meeting your goals. And then in lesson seven, we'll zoom in even closer and look at how you can organize your moments. And this is where getting things done really shines. The GTD method gives you a way to keep track of absolutely everything you need to do in every aspect of your life where you can be when you're going to do the work, and then choosing which of those things to work on in any given moment based on where you are and what's on your list. I'll show you actual examples of GTD in action using different productivity tools, and I'll even show you a little glimpse into what mine looks like. And then I'll guide you through applying the GTD principles using whatever tools you wanna to try, whether it's one you currently use or something new you wanna take out for a spin. And then we'll get to lesson eight and we will pull everything together, your intentions and priorities, your values, your purpose, your ways of showing up for yourself and for your team. And we'll talk about how to ensure that all of this comes together in a way that grounds your leadership practice in abundance. We'll return to your leadership compass from module one and identify the ways your guiding values and the context of your crucibles show up in your practices as you guide your team, as you set goals, as you articulate your intentions, and as you organize your time. 
You'll also create a go-to list of resources that you will have available to you and brainstorm ways to draw on those resources as you go about meeting your intentions, achieving your goals. Basically, you're gonna have a roadmap for yourself and you're gonna have a little cheat sheet of where to go when you need some help. And that's it. Module three is big and purposeful. It gives you a chance to explore the big things you want most out of your life and your leadership practice and practical strategies for ensuring the ways you spend your time actually bring you closer to your goals. And you'll do all of this by living and leading in ways that are true to your personal values. I am so excited to do this work with you. Okay, so I hope these last three episodes have answered all your questions about what the Leadership Academy can do for you. We've talked about how it will help you develop an authentic values-based leadership practice where you bring the best of yourself to work every day for yourself and for your team. And I recognize that the podcast might not have answered all your questions. I am totally here for you. Drop me a note. Let me know what's on your mind. Let's chat. Okay, so registration for the Leadership Academy opens August 29th. Oh, that's my puppy. And the workshop starts in September. I want to make sure you get all the information you need about when it starts. I want to make sure you get your discount code for joining the waitlist. And I want to make sure you know how to share the benefits of the Leadership Academy with women in your network. So if you haven't done this already, head to the website www.theclariogroup.com and join the waitlist. This is the best way to ensure that you get all the details you need to come do this work with me. So once you're on the waitlist, you're going to get a notification that registration is open. You are going to get a discount code. I'm not giving the discount code to anybody who's not on the waitlist. Those of you on the waitlist will also get a different discount code you can share with women in your network. That's also not going to be public, so it'll only work for you and it'll only work for the people you send it to. And there will be a special bonus just for folks on the waitlist. It won't be available to anyone else, just you. So come on over to the website, www.theclariogroup.com, and get on the waitlist. Joining the waitlist doesn't commit you to anything. It just ensures that you get all the information you need to help you get ready to do this work. All right, my friends, that's it for this week. As always, thank you so much for listening. I love knowing that you're on the other end of this mic. And I want to especially thank those of you who've been letting me know why this podcast is valuable to you. I love hearing from you. I love hearing what's going on with your days and how this is making a difference. So thank you for sharing that. And I will see you next week, same time, same place, for more conversations about how we as women can elevate our leadership practices in higher ed. Until then, have a great week.